Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome back, everybody. Josh, your host here. And last week I put out the Singularity, my projections package. So make sure you go get it right now. Pause the episode. Go to the website, fusionffb.com slash downloads or find downloads in the menu, whatever. Get there. Download at least the PDF. You can look at it easy. I'm sure you got a viewer on your phone, right? If you have Excel on, even actually the Excel for the mobile now is, is actually really good. Not like shilling for Microsoft or anything, but it's fully capable of opening even browser, you know, I mean, uh, even Excel desktop version spreadsheets such as this. So it's a very complex and large spreadsheet. If you download the Excel sheet, make sure you have the Excel of some kind. In fact, this is kind of a workaround. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I really, and it just occurred to me a little while ago, even, I know I'm dumb, but you can get the Excel. It's, it's so weird. It's I think a way they're trying to like get your business basically, but you can download the Excel mobile version pretty much for free and it can handle the singularity. However, you can't get the, the, the PC like full version unless you pay for it, which is where it's really nice to be able to like use it and open it up. However, it still works. So go ahead and download the even the Excel on your phone, get the Excel app, and it can actually open it. And so there we go. It's a workaround that this thing can work for everybody because there are a number of tools in the Excel sheet that can be really useful. Number one, of course, is the custom scoring. Once you set up that custom scoring column in the scoring tab, anywhere in the rest of the singularity that you see custom that's referring back to your custom scoring so the the ranks the the fantasy points according to my projected stats but with your custom scoring it'll show up differently really interesting to see how players move around so that's that go get it we're going to be digging into this thing a little bit more tonight and I'm going to be all over the place. This is going to be a marathon. In fact, I'm probably going to end up cutting this thing up. So pardon me if it seems a little disjointed here and there. I'll try to give you as much uh, audible cues as I can that we're moving on. I'm going to try and hit uh, most of the, the teams really quickly, just highlighting on players and a few other things. But before I get into that, I did want to highlight additions to the singularity coming out this week. I did not incorporate, uh, I have something that's kind of like, I had the format beater come out. Check again on the downloads page on the site. There's a link to the sheet there where you can, again, use custom scoring, explore how that affects uh, average scoring. So you can get a feel for the league. Of course, always go to your league website and look at historical results from past seasons with your league's scoring settings that's going to do a similar thing for you because it's going to show you the actual players but using the ff uh, i mean the format beater tool 
it also gives you an idea for the averages of how they generally work out. And maybe that'll help you visualize maybe players uh, that had unusual seasons that aren't showing up on the past season results or rookies and so on. So go ahead and check that out too. But I was going to maybe incorporate that into this thing. I, I didn't yet. I may still. There's just a lot to that. And I didn't want it to. It's a little confusing. I made a tweet thread about it that I, I don't know how to make this more understandable. However, I took a similar kind of visual format and I'm going to put my draft ranks into the singularity. They're, they're up now. I'm looking at them. Basically what this is, is look, the rankings page, it has all the data and I can rank by my projected finishes for these players. But look, as each one of these team snapshots says, right up in big bold words across the top, expect a reasonable expectation. Okay, a reasonable expectation projections. If you think they're vanilla, if you think they're maybe too low for your favorite players, your top players, that's fine. You can think that. You might even be right. However, when we draft, we also take into consideration range of outcome. All right. And so just let's say, for example, I may have a player such as, uh, let's say, we're going to go with Melvin Gordon. I may have him projected around running back 10, but I'm probably not going to be drafting him at RB10. It's probably going to be more like RB13. Another good example, Todd Gurley. If he gets the volume I think he can get, his range of outcome is very high. Running back five high. However, I have him on my draft rank at running back 11. Uh, because, first of all, you don't have to spend that if you look at ADP. But also, he carries risk. There's a definite floor to his range of outcomes, even if they're also high. So that's the kind of things that we consider and it's not it's not formulaic. I can't punch it into an Excel sheets, you know, function and have it kick out a ranking that fully captures all the things that we know from all the research we've done, all the little things. That's what comes into play when people say, you know, my rank said this, but when I was in the draft, I felt like I wouldn't take this guy over that guy even though my rank said it. All right. Now, I always say to those people in those cases, go back and change your rankings then, right? Figure out why you felt that way. Judge it. Examine it. Is it valid? Maybe your feelings just got the better of you. Okay, emotions, right? Not always a good thing. But maybe maybe there was a, a reasonable reason that you decided to fade the player, that you were kind of uh, maybe suppressing a little bit when you were doing your rankings but when you came to the moment you realized no this is a bigger deal this is a bigger risk i'm sorry todd Gurley. i know you have i have you five but i can't do you at five you're gonna have to wait right that makes sense there are good reasons to do something like that but examine those reasons and then see if it makes sense and see if it applies to other players as well maybe 
All right, so anyway, it's there in the singularity draft ranks. There is something else on the rank you'll see. You'll see, first of all, the projected uh, projected rank, positional rank. That's according to the singularity and the projections, right? Again, Todd Gurley, RB5. But then there's my column with the draft rank, and it's RB11 as far as how I'm drafting him. Of course, then there's the player's name. On the other side is another column that says projection. What this is referring to is the projected points, according to the singularity. Lines up with the projected rank column, okay? Next to that, for the running back, wide receiver, and tight end, you're going to see something, and I debated whether to put it in here, but I ultimately concluded you guys are grown-ups, you're adults, you can handle it, okay? Um, so I put it in there. It actually does a really good job of highlighting a little bit of that range of outcome I'm talking about. And the header on the column is FPPWO. What is FPPWO? Well, you see, a while back, maybe you remember me talking about it, I kind of messed around with this idea of weighted opportunity. So a running back, a or not just a running back, any rushing carry is not worth as much as a target, a receiving passing target. In fact, according to, I believe it is Scott Barrett, uh, every 2.83 carries equals a target in fantasy. Now, for my purposes, I tuned that down a little bit. It's actually 2.55, in case you're wondering. But basically, I figure out how many opportunities a player got but again, I don't count every carry as an opportunity. It takes 2.55 carries to equal one opportunity, and one target equals one opportunity. That's the baseline. So when you look at this, as you can imagine now, that helps weight opportunities toward receiving, as it should. And so running backs that get a lot of receptions, a lot of targets at least, right? They're going to show up now with just as many weighted opportunities as more of your traditional grinder running back who had way more carries than them. But when, again, you consider the carries versus the targets, maybe their opportunity was very similar. An example I could see this year would be Miami. You've got Jordan Howard and you've got Matt Breida. Now there's a little bit of whispers about Brita being even the main the main back, you know, for rushing, which I think would be great. He also is the receiving back for sure. Initially we were thinking this was going to be, you know, fire and ice kind of thing, Jordan on the ground, Brita in the air. If that was the case, when it was all said and done, you'd be able to go back and look at weighted opportunities and see that they were very even, even if it looked like Howard had more carries, even more snaps. The point is fantasy-relevant opportunities, right? And so this weights it accordingly. Long explanation. Point is, you know how people say you can't base fantasy projections on efficiency or efficiency isn't predictive? I've been toying with the possibility that that's wrong. Um, obviously, it's only wrong or right up to a point. 
And in this case, I blended it with my projections for their volume, but I took their average, their three-year average efficiency. And that matters because for some players, like maybe A.J. Brown, who had crazy efficiency last year, his FPPWO, which is fantasy points per weighted opportunity, is going to be really high. I'm talking like wide receiver too high, okay? <laughs> but that's just saying with the amount of volume I think he's going to get this year, if he continues to do with that work what he did last year, yeah, he, he really would be a wide receiver too. I mean, come on, that he was on track for that. If he kept that up for an entire season with more volume, he is going to be a top five wide receiver for sure. I don't think he can keep that efficiency up. However, I don't think it means his efficiency is going to uh, revert to lesser wide receiver levels either. And so it's a bit of a balance. So you're going to see in the FPPWO column next to A.J. Brown, 309 points. But I have him right at wide receiver 10 with a projected 228. Okay, He's the top 12 wide receiver in my projections. That's a little hot to some people, I guess. But my point here is that these two columns side by side give you a feel for why I may am, am ranking them in my draft ranks where I have them versus my projected ranks. For example, Todd Gurley, 247 projected points. His, his weighted opportunity fantasy points could be up to 262, which would put him much more in the in the range of a top three or four running back, at least within striking distance, okay? Probably still right around five either way. But the point is, this is going to give you some gauge. So you're going to look down through, you're going to see, okay, Kareem Hunt, 174 projected points, but 200 and four, according to efficiency, is what he could do with that workload. Yeah, it's experimental a little bit. So I'm putting it in here. I'm putting it forward to you. I'm submitting it to you. You do with it as you may. I liked including it because, like I said, it gives you that feel for the range of outcome if they continue on the historical efficiency with the work they get. If Here's another thing. You go to rankings. You go the rankings page. Okay, the true actual rankings page. Go all the way to the right. You'll see I have the FPPWO there. And again, this is based on PPR. Okay. You'll see a column for PPR, which is the same thing that shows up in the draft ranks column for projection. I mean, for FPPWO projection. Next to it, you'll see a column saying no stats. Again, it's an experiment. This is just taking their average opportunities and multiplying it times their average efficiency. And it's giving you a number. It's not considering how much work I've projected for them at all. It's just saying how much work do they usually get and how many fantasy points do they usually score with that work. It's completely statless. It's not considering anything. It's just considering how much work they usually get and what they usually do with it. And fantasy points now becomes the proxy for all the other stats combined. 
And so it doesn't care whether they're uh, Mike Williams one year with high touchdowns, low wide receiving yards, or Mike Williams year two with high yardage, low touchdowns. It doesn't care. It looks at it and it comes out with the same, basically the same efficiency. He just did it differently. And so it's going to come up with the same thing. Again, it's an experiment. It's fascinating to me as a nerd how similar it comes out. It also says Todd Gurley could score over 300 points, but that's because it's a three-year average. So you're going to have to you know, understand there's declines and there's uh, even advancement as, years, as, as young players improve. But it's this kind of it's this kind of thing that actually how I look at Austin Eckler and project him as a top uh, eight back, if not six, because he's been so efficient every single year. And if he just gets a little more volume this year and does even close to the same efficiency, he's going to hit that. So it's these kind of things that are cluing me into those uh, details about players and that's why I'm sharing, that's why I'm going through this whole thing long with you to help you understand my process, uh, that I come at it from a few different directions, uh, a few different ways of thinking. There's there's the traditional, here, I'm going to think this player can do this and this and this, but also coming at it from other ways and experimenting, and we'll see how those those come. Unfortunately, maybe this season won't be the best like judge of it, so maybe like two more years before I realize that this is no good. Or maybe I'm on to something and it's really good. I think what I've done blending both my projected volume with their efficiency is the best way to do it. Because average opportunities is going to change year to year so much by so many different situational factors. So it's really hard to go by that. But it is there for reference. It's interesting. We are moving on let's get to the teams and to the players when you open the singularity there's going to be the cover then i have the introduction i'm going to explain look you should go look at the player at the teams at least look at a couple of your favorite teams that you're familiar with go look at their projection page and explore it a little bit understand the stats understand how everything adds up together so you understand this is all 100% mathematically consistent because it's in a spreadsheet, and that's what spreadsheets do. Uh, so, so no one has stats they shouldn't have. No one is getting more. No one can be ranked higher. Okay, it's all consistent, which is like my goal of why I started doing this three years ago because I was fed up with people making ranks and having, you know, 20 top 12 wide receivers. You can't do it. Uh, when you look at the draft ranks, you're going to be like, why in the world is this player all the way down at whatever? And the answer is just there's so many good wide receivers, man. Like, there's 30 of them. Someone has to be 30. All right. We're going to look at the teams. Um, I suggest you do that too as soon as you get into the singularity. The next page on the singularity, league stats, some fun things in there. You can explore it. It's a little bit just of a curiosity. Some functional things in there, if you look at the fantasy points and where they're coming from, can help maybe steer you to or from a team. 
uh, might help identify a good place to find uh, depth on a team. So let's say that this team is scoring a lot of running back points, such as the Saints, which they always do, right? Then maybe it's a good idea to get Latavius Murray or have him high in your rankings, even though some may think of him as a handcuff, but he has independent value plus plus huge upside should the worst happen for Kamara, right? There's a lot of these players with independent value. This will help you find that. Um, recently in the group chat, Josh Crocker asked me, hey, where do you have Indianapolis's, uh, you know, running running game? Where do you rate it? And my initial response, like I wanted, was about to respond like, oh, I don't really like grade uh, rushing offenses. And then I thought, wait a second. Uh, yes, you do, dummy. It's right there. But I did it with stats. And I have my fantasy production score, and I have it for the overall, but I also do it just using the rushing stats. And when I do look at rushing stats, I use look at uh, target share for running backs, and I look at running back points. Like, Indianapolis is, is like seventh across the board as far as being a running back-friendly team. And so that tells you, you, you want, you probably want Colt running backs, and Obviously, there's three of them. Um, you might say that they are all ex too expensive to get all of them. True, if you were going to take all of them, that would be a large investment. However, at the same time, any one is not going to be super expensive. You can get Jonathan Taylor third round, Marlon Mack. I don't know. I'd have to look it up in the rankings real quick, but I'm guessing it's like fifth, sixth round, if not later. Naheem Hines. 12th, 13th, 14th. However, and any one of them goes down, there's a lot of work to go somewhere. I'm not a vacated targets guy in the passing game, but there's, yeah, there's such a thing as vacated carries, okay? <laughs> uh, that is such a thing. I think when a running back goes down, you have to account for loss of efficiency and additional first downs and plays and production, of course, but somebody at some point has to run the ball, okay? Uh, at least for now, we're not evolved enough in the league to get past that. But for now, coaches are going to run the ball with somebody, okay? So that's a creative way of using this. Uh, maybe finding tight ends, so on. Maybe, yeah, that's it. We'll move on. Check it out. It's fun if you're a nerd. Then you have the, my draft ranks are going to be inserted right after that. Again, check it out. I've described it to you. This is how I would draft them. And it may or may not agree. It largely agrees with my projections. Uh, probably the running backs and quarterbacks disagree the most. The wide receivers are very similar to the projections. Uh, then you go to the next tab over, and it's the full rankings page. This has a lot more substantial details. It has their actual stats here. A lot more columns, okay? You're going to want the spreadsheet. You don't see this tab in the PDF because it's too big. I'm going to talk 400-plus lines, 30 or more columns. Anyway, it's big. What I do have in the PDF uh, and what and it's in the Excel too, is a top 250 sheet 
This is printable. It's easier to look at on a single page or a single screen. Uh, so there you go. Very simple, sorted by PPR points. Then I have my QB stats. All right, simple QB stats. I have them separate. I have not integrated QBs into the rest of the players because scoring matters so much, format matters so much. I'm going to have to leave it to you to figure that out. After that, we actually get into the teams. Okay, that's where we're going to pick up next. Just kidding. No, we're not. I mean, yes, we are, but this episode is done. You can just let it autoplay. We'll hit next. And the next episode is going to be just me going over each of the teams. It's about like 100 minutes long. But that's pretty good considering there's 32 teams. So check it out. In the description will be the timestamps if you want to listen to specific teams. Go check it out. Enjoy. And go download the Singularity. <laughs>